Hi, everybody. How are you? It is Wednesday, and because it's summer, trying to get schedules together. It's not Tropical Tuesday, but Wednesday. Uh, but it's time to talk the tropics. I'm WESH 2 meteorologist Eric Burris. And I'm WJCL 22, Chief Meteorologist Jeremy Nelson in Savannah. Jeremy, we have been relatively quiet in the tropics the last couple of days' time, which I don't think anybody's complaining about. Yeah, it was kind of nice to see nothing out there over the sort of long 4th of July weekend. And uh, last year we did have uh, Colin make a quick appearance yeah. uh, right before the 4th of July. So this year, kind of nice to have uh, nothing into the tropics. Yeah, no doubt. And looking ahead, that's kind of the exact same scenario that we've got. Nothing going on in the tropics uh, over the next seven days' time. We knew going all the way back to our long-range hurricane forecast, Jeremy, that the beginning of July was more than likely going to be a bit of a quieter stretch. Yeah, and uh, as we head forward here, there might be a few issues, uh, I would say maybe the next uh, seven to ten days, which we'll talk about. But yeah, nice to see nothing out there the next seven days, and that's just kind of an extension to the quiet start of uh, July that we had. So uh, maybe one of the obstacles for tropical development coming up would be a little bit of uh, the Saharan dust. Yeah. And uh, there it is. You can talk a little bit more about that if you want. Right. Yeah. So Saharan dust, when we started the beginning, beginning of hurricane season, there wasn't much to track out here. Uh, and when you're looking at this map, we've got the Saharan dust shown in like an orange color. Makes sense, right? Saharan desert dust. And then we've got the satellite on top of it. And basically, think about it like this. Tropical systems, even rainstorms, need moisture. And when you throw dust, dirt particles in the atmosphere, it just dries things out. So what you end up with, at least where there's Saharan dust, Jeremy, you don't have much in the way of convection or stormy weather, certainly not tropical development. Yeah, and it looks like you have one towards the Caribbean, a little more uh, widespread plume about to leave the west coast of Africa. So uh, certainly we can get development in the Atlantic Basin during this time frame, but it might be a little bit more north or uh, potentially south, but uh, south of there, it's a little tougher to get some activity. Well, and you notice too that over these next couple of days, there's there's a ton of dust that's just kind of working out of Africa. And so what this will do, particularly to my audience here in Florida, but eventually kind of some of it working up to your area is those dust particles will probably suppress our rain chances a little bit and give us some spectacular sunsets. Yeah. And we've already seen a little bit of that or a version of it with the Canadian wildfire smoke. These things kind of act as, as the same. They're these particulates that uh, getting sort of the mid-upper levels of the atmosphere, and they end up uh, just producing for us uh, a little more brilliant sunrise and sunset. Yeah, yeah. And and this is one of the reasons why when we look to the month of July as normal, Jeremy, you really do start to expand out a little bit in terms of where tropical systems try to form. But July, you know, usually late June into July is when we get a lot of Saharan dust. So this is not abnormal. This is just kind of that next step into hurricane season. Yeah, in July, again, some people may not realize it, but it's uh, one of the quietest months of hurricane season, probably the top three being November, June, and July. So uh, once you get into August, especially mid-August through the first half of October, that's kind of the prime time for hurricane season or the peak of it. But as you look at the July formation, kind of the footprint right there, uh, yeah, that's where 
if something's going to form, it's favored in the past. And there it is, the uh, name storms um, by month. Right. So essentially, we're still in the quieter stretch of hurricane season. Um, we're going to get there, though. You know, these next few weeks are going to start, we think, to get more active. And then climatologically speaking, by the time we get into, you know, <laughs> August, September, those are the months that we really start to get things active. The tropical Atlantic, the Gulf of Mexico, and the Caribbean, they're plenty warm. It says now. I don't know why it says now. Obviously, that's not now. That's just, that's a holdover. <laughs> My apologies. But, um, you know, you're, you're already hot, but you need, it can't just be about the heat content in the ocean. You need the atmosphere to have low shear. You need that Saharan dust to have done its thing and moved away. And you need a good monsoonal flow coming off of Africa to throw these waves out there. And so we're, we're kind of, you know, step-stoning, step-stoning. But in our long-range forecast, Jeremy, we knew this was going to be a quieter stretch. But by about mid-month, we knew that things were going to start to get a little more active. Yeah, and I guess some of that will depend on the dust. But uh, the GFS model this morning is at least trying to develop um, what it looks like maybe something tropical in the North Atlantic coming yeah. up, and then we'll watch. Um, we were talking about the first maybe uh, July 2nd to around the 10th or something off the East Coast, yep. not necessarily uh, over us, but uh, I don't know if you have that map. But, sure do. Hey, coming up on July 8th, there we've talked about from around the Carolinas to off the East Coast. Well, there's a couple lows. Probably won't be tropical in nature, but... Uh, when we make our forecast and we look back to uh, the method we used back to last fall, uh, there were several lows during that time frame. So that's that's what we highlighted. And, well, it looks like they're there, but they're just kind of weak. So this is what? This is three days out from now, correct? I think this was for July 8th. Okay, yeah, yeah, perfect. So so that lines up when we look at, and of course, uh, as give me two seconds and I'll pull up that. <laughs> I'll pull up that, that timeline here. But... When we talk about our, our long-range forecast, that next piece of the puzzle, if you will, was that Carolina area of low pressure. And when we look at the timing, July 8th fits right into that center kind of section there on the storms. Yeah, and again, hey, the lows are there. They're probably not going to be tropical this time around, which is uh, definitely some good news. And even the last time through in May, um, I know we saved some of the maps and the low, again, was uh, sort of right over the Carolinas and then some offshore as well. So let's do this then. Let's dial up the model and let's just kind of take a look at it and, and see that Carolina low and see some other things. That work for you, bud? Yeah. And this is the uh, GFS, I believe. Yeah. So we're going to start with this is going to be the 6Z run of the GFS. Okay. And this one did probably have a hair more activity than we've seen in um, some recent model runs, yeah. whether that's right or not. Um, uh, we'll see, but uh, you can talk us through it. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, that's that's 12Z on the 9th, so that's that's Sunday morning. But even if we go back just to the 8th, you can see those darker blue shades over the southeastern United States. And what that is is the GFS essentially saying, yeah, there's pressures lowering here. Does it bomb out tropically? No, but there's pressures lowering around the southeastern United States. So that at the very least is an indicator that, yes, that part of the pattern is recycling, whether it's tropical or not. Right. And then you start getting a little bit farther down the road and you're going to see uh, probably more uh, towards the North Atlantic or Mid-Atlantic area, yeah. uh, another potential area of low pressure and 
maybe that one does end up being tropical. Yeah. Again, that's still a little ways out, probably at least a week. But yeah. uh, I would say in the next seven to 10 days, those are uh, some of the things we're going to keep an eye on. So the next name storm would be done. Right. And that's that's July 15th that we're looking out there. And then July 16th, uh, kind of another thing off the coast of the Carolinas there around July 16th. And that ties back to Memorial Day, right? Yeah, I think we had that out from around the 11th to 15th or 16th, uh, yeah. kind of that that area. And again, that model's out pretty far, so we'll see the timing of that. But, right. Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily think it would look like uh, Memorial Day, but uh, we're just uh, forecasting the lows and kind of the position they'll be in and the right. time frame. So uh, it's something we'll watch closely because uh, more like mid to late July, if something's going to be- develop, that's probably when it would occur. And also, it's probably going to have to stay away from this dust. Agreed. Agreed. So let's do this. I'm going to dial over. This is going to be the European model um, control member. uh, And this is the 0Z because it's the full run. But again, we kind of see here around the 8th, it's trying to put something of an area of low pressure near the Carolinas, tropical or not, you know, not necessarily keyed into anything there, um, but something. And then afterward kind of watching something, trying to develop kind of the mid-Atlantic. It doesn't seem to be as um, excited about anything out near Bermuda, but it's showing lowering pressure, just not maybe as organized as the GFS. Yeah, keep that map up and then go back a little bit, if you could, um, kind of to to line up with the uh, GFS, and we'll take a look and see um, how it kind of compares. Right, so that's the that's Wednesday, the 12th of July, the GFS, the GFS is really trying to do something around the 13th of July. So that's 6Z on the 13th versus okay. there's 6Z on the 13th. So it's it's showing low pressure on both sides, the GFS and the European, but the GFS definitely wants to try and develop it um, out near Bermuda, whereas the European is not necessarily trying to do that. Okay. So, again, that's uh, still a little ways out, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, A few variables in place. And uh, right now, even though we've had a lull in our hurricane season, we're still running a little bit above average, if you want to talk about those numbers, in terms of storms, ace, and uh, all of the above. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So when we look at at the numbers for the year... We've had four named storms. The average through today in the 30-year average is 1.5 named storms. But last year, at the very beginning of July, we got two real quick. You'd mentioned uh, you'd mentioned Colin and, and I forget, was it Bonnie? I can't even remember. Yeah, I know a couple of years ago, uh, we did have Elsa, which was a little more potent. That yeah. produced some tornadoes in our area here. Yep. So you, you can get some stuff uh, that front half of July, but... Again, uh, no hurricanes come to mind here, at least in uh, recent years that right. have directly impacted us. Yep, yep. And Elsa came in on the uh, west coast of Florida. So, yeah, we, we remember that. Um, that was the first storm that I missed in years because I had I was out for surgery. Not that anybody cares. Oh, okay. Um, look at this, though. Kind of interesting statistic. This year, we've had 11 and a half storm named days. In other words, days where we had a storm to track. The 30-year average through today is 3.4. Last year, we had 3.75. So in terms of days of tracking systems, we are way above average there. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, that number really jumped up when we had multiple systems there, one in the Caribbean, another one into the Atlantic here recently. Uh, Cindy being our most recent, and then we sort of had that the, the remnants um, lurking around that did not redevelop as it lifted to the north. So yeah, we're a little bit above average, but again, once you get into August, all these numbers... Uh, if you're quiet, they're going to level out very fast. 100. And, and and then last but not least, the ACE, the accumulated cyclonic energy. Every storm, the bigger they are, the stronger they are, the longer they last, it all plays in. We're sitting at an ACE score of 9.8. 2.9 is both the 30-year average and last year's year-to-date ACE score. So, uh, you know, from for all metrics, we started the season off pretty, pretty above average. But, but that makes sense, Jeremy, because we had that January subtropical system that kind of formed and had a couple of other things. So we've hit a bit of a lull now. It'll be interesting to see what happens toward the end of July. And then in addition to just getting to the peak of hurricane season, there's also the question of how does El Nino play into everything? Right. And um, I think that three-month average number came out here uh, the other day. So it is continuing to... Increase a little bit. I think the actual El Nino number leveled off a bit this week, but that could just be temporary. Right. Uh, it's definitely going to be strengthening as we go through the summer. And right now, the tropical activity is pretty much into the eastern Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's the that area there you can see. It's kind of wild when you look at it. It's that abnormally warm water temperature on the equatorial Pacific. Um, that is the reason we are talking about El Nino. If that was cooler, it would be La Nina. But it, it's interesting because even though we've got that warmer water there in the Pacific... We are also tracking particularly warm water. This is the anomaly map. So water temperatures in the blues are near average, but yellows, right. oranges, and reds, those are all above average water temperatures. Basically, the entire Atlantic Basin, including off of your shoreline now, is either slightly above average or well above average, Jeremy. Yeah, I have my laptop. I'm kind of hiding it down here, but let me look really quick yep. because we've talked about this recently. Uh, the water temperatures um, in and around like Savannah towards Charleston, that Memorial Day system just put us way below average right. and then a cool first three weeks of June. But now our water temperature by Savannah is at 84 degrees. So it's it's recovered and with uh, really nothing huge to mix that water yeah. around or bring cooler uh, water to upwell. I think we'll be probably 86, 87 degrees in the next seven to 10 days. Well, and then so based on that, based on kind of knowing that we're getting into a more active weather pattern, it's just a matter of how does the Saharan dust play into all of this, right? Yeah, and we'll probably see that some version of it the next at least seven to 10, maybe 12 days. Um, If we're going to get something to develop, it might be north of kind of where that moves across the main development region. Right. And uh, we've never had the Caribbean or the Gulf, per se, especially the kind of the western half of it, uh, be particularly active this season. Yeah. So I would say the areas we need to watch are the Atlantic and then maybe something uh, that could be homegrown or closer, closer to the coastline this month. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I mean, we know that we've got the Carolinas and Florida um, as kind of areas to watch. Um, And and so going into the end of the month, I I would agree 100%. I think that it's more more so going to be these little homegrown things between these outbreaks of Saharan dust. Um, 
but but I do think that even if it's not tropical, we're going to see these little hints of our cycling uh, patterns, which then leads me to uh, bring up the idea of looking to August, September, that next recycle. Assuming right. that the Saharan air layer quiets down, those would be the times that we would be most vulnerable for tropical impacts, Jeremy. Yeah, and also I think uh, that we learned early in or in June, we had the uh, main development region had several little waves run off Africa. Right. Uh, that definitely could start to come back maybe in the uh, early part of August. Yep. Uh, the longer range GFS, this other model that I look at, is sort of starting to hint at uh, maybe something trying, uh, kind of another wave train, trying to start up there a little bit, uh, maybe late July or as, as we get into August. And that fits that fits the overall pattern as well. So so we're in a bit of a break right now, um, and let's enjoy that break. But but let's not think for a second that that things are done. Looking to the you know August September kind of time frame, that's the peak season. But then. The question is, as El Nino continues to onset in the Pacific, theoretically, it would also kick up some more wind shear during those months. So you have to, this is where it's like, as smart as we all get in the world of meteorology, there's just so many variables, right? Because then you've got the shear to deal with. Yeah, and that's, I guess that's a wild card. How much will that impact it? Or will storms maybe want to favor a little bit farther to the north? Because we've talked about it so often that, uh, the Atlantic temperatures, even as you go north, are are very warm right. compared to average. So maybe we start to get something uh, developing that's uh, a little bit farther north in the basin. Yeah, I, it, it makes sense. And and we did see that subtropical system there in January in the northern uh, latitudes. So do we see something else there? And if that's the case, does that mean that maybe New England has a, a coastal storm just off the shore that just kind of batters with beach erosion and all this sort of thing? A nor'easter style, but in a tropical sense, you know, it, it's possible. <laughs> right. Yeah. So lots of things to think about. And uh, I think by the time we talk... Uh, Probably around next Tuesday for this, uh, we'll be looking at maybe yeah. something showing up on the maps a bit more. And and I'm fine with it being quiet. Like let's let's celebrate. Right. Let's celebrate the little victories that we can, my friend. And I mean, even when the tropics are quiet, uh, we're plenty busy. Uh, we're coming off uh, some pretty active thunderstorms yeah. in our area. We had a bit of a lull, but yeah, it seems like if there's not tropics, then there's like these daily thunderstorms. Yeah, well, like we hit 98 this week in Orlando, which it's hard to do because the sea breezes get going. Today we have triple digit. We have heat index numbers going. Um, to 110 in in my area. You you guys have obviously terrible heat index numbers as well, right? Yeah, I think we've been. Our, I think some of ours have peaked around 110 here the last few days. Savannah probably 103 to 105 somewhere in there. But yeah, you start getting the sea breeze moving in, yeah. and you have water temperatures sitting there, 84, 85, 86 degrees. What does that do? It just brings in very high dew points. Right. And and I, I, I'm bringing this up just because whenever, total inside baseball, but when you talk about um, feels like temperatures and heat index in your area, do you have people write in saying that that it's complete, it's a complete farce? <laughs> just curious. Uh, no, once in a while, if you post something on social media, they're just like, 
if it feels like that, well, why isn't that the temperature? Right. I, I just wanted to show this because, like, this is the mathematical equation <laughs> for the heat index. You're not supposed to sit here and, like, read that and, and like, it's a small font. But the, the overall purpose is that, like, it's a real thing. It's somebody smarter than I. Maybe you're on that level, Jeremy. I don't know. But, but like, there's a thing with the heat index. And for whatever reason, every single time I show that, I feel like I get hate mail. Like, more than anything else. And I just want to tell the world, like, I get it, but also this is a real thing. And that like, we have heat advisories today down here in right. Florida. And and I guess maybe in a tropical sense, you could say like a score, people may not really quite right. grasp that. Right, They're right. just like, well, you told us the number of name storms. Why are we doing this ACE thing? Like maybe it's a, a maybe that's the uh, version for the tropics. In, yeah. In in, a little kinda, inside baseball. <laughs> in a little different way. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, that's all we got in the tropics. No development expected the next seven days. Let's uh, let's hope to keep it that way. Yeah, and make sure to remind everyone uh, if they ever miss one of these, where they can go go find these. Obviously, we try to get them posted to uh, wjcl.com, Wash's website, uh, but also Eric can talk about this as well. Yeah, we're available as a podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, everywhere you devour podcasts we're there and uh we, we encourage you to tell your friends too because even though i'm in florida jeremy's up in uh, uh georgia slash the carolinas we're going to be tracking anything that develops anywhere and it's our goal to keep you informed and while we do this usually on tuesdays it's we've been in vacation mode we're parents and you know husbands so you got to do that but um you know it, in addition to that if there's stuff, we're going to do extra, you know, extra versions of this. So we want to make sure you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think maybe come uh, August, September, we'll uh, you'll probably be seeing us more often. I would, I would suspect so. Uh, Just get some sleep for now, right, Jeremy? <laughs> yes. All right, very good. I guess that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's it. And uh, yeah, thank you for everyone that uh, likes to hang out on our either Tuesdays or Wednesdays and uh, talk tropics. That sounds good. Listen, I'm uh, West 2 meteorologist Eric Burris from Central Florida. And I'm WJCL 22 chief meteorologist Jeremy Nelson from Savannah, Georgia. Thank you for hanging out. All right. See ya.